welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. It's an honor to be here this morning. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 8. I'll start there in just a minute, but I'm going to speak to you and share with you today about the, the creative, creativity of the Word of God. I just uh, read this out of the Passion Translation just a minute ago. Hebrews 11.3 says, Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke in the invisible realm, gave birth to all that seen. Amen. Isn't that exciting? Amen. 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 Can we have a little light in the sanctuary? I like to look at people's eyeballs. My pastor said one time, said, don't ever preach the front row. They've already got it. Preach the back row. So I like to see the back row. Amen? All right. Matthew chapter 8. After he, talking about Jesus, came down from teaching on the hillside, massive crowds began following him. Suddenly a leper walked up to Jesus and threw himself down before him in worship and said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the leper and said, of course I want to heal you. Be healed. And instantly all signs of leprosy disappeared. Now that excites me. How about y'all? When Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the Roman army approached him asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who is lying in my home, paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus responded, I will go with you and heal him. But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come to my house? I understand your authority, for I too am a man who walks under authority, and I have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go, and another to come and he'll come. I'll order my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all I need to do is stand here and command healing. All you need to do is stand here and command healing over my son, he will be instantly healed. Verse 10, Jesus was astonished when he heard this and said to those who were following him, he has greater faith than anyone I'd ever encountered. Isn't that something? Listen to what I'm about to say, tell you. Multitudes of non-Jewish people were steamed from east and to the west to enter into the banqueting feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the heavenly realm. But many Israelites born to be heirs of the kingdom will be turned away and banished into darkness, and there will be bitter weeping and unbearable anguish. Then Jesus turned to the Roman soldier and said, Go home. All you have believed will be done for you. And his son was healed at that very moment. Now I see here that uh, there's, uh, there's two occasions right in these short verses that people were healed by the words spoken by Jesus. One was present and the other one wasn't. Oh, you know, there's something powerful about words. You know, they're an amazing thing. I looked up the speed of light today. It's 186,000 feet per second. But I found out that sound travels very fast also. But, you know, it takes a, I saw this, it takes a medium to go through. It takes water, it takes air, it takes buildings. Did you know that oh, we'll be going to Africa in about 10 days for two weeks of 
mission every day there in, in Africa. And, you know, many times I Skype over there. And I'll get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and I'll, I will turn on my computer there, and I'll be hooked directly to uh, AOL Church, Arena of Life Church in, in Kampala, Uganda. And I'll see the crowd out there, and they can see me on their TV screen. And it's not near as big as this. They, they can see me there. And I can say, good morning, church. Immediately, I hear, good morning, pastor. Isn't that amazing? I mean, thousands and th halfway around the world, my words go from here to there. How it happens, I don't know. But we see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, that, that Jesus created this entire universe. We see right now, every tree, every bush, maybe not ones right here right now, but every species was created by the Word of God. It was completely dark, and God said, let it be light, and all of a sudden, light appeared. It didn't take time to create. It just happened. It didn't take time for that leper to get healed. It just happened. Why? Because the Word carries authority in three dimensions. And so, as we speak in this, you know, about the Word of God, I want to share some instances here where through words of knowledge, uh, people got healed. We were down at uh, Maranatha slash Hillside Church in Houston, Texas one time, Pastor Ryan Trice's church, Sandy Trice, and uh, we was on the way to church there, and Sandy was driving, Louis in the front seat, I'm in the back seat with Pastor Ronnie, and we we're all talking there, and all of a sudden I heard inside here, heard C3, C3. I didn't know what, what it was, but I just knew that it was word from God. And so we get to church there, and I preach my message there, and I said, oh, when I was coming to church tonight, I heard God say, C3, I believe somebody's getting healed in the area of C3. If that's you, just stand up. Well, there's three. Actually, the first guy came down was a medical doctor. <clears throat> and oh, he said, I've, I've got a cracked C3. And when he said that word, he said, immediately, I had pain about eight in my neck. Oh, it's, it's there continually. He said, the only way to fix it would be surgery. And I just don't have time for surgery right now. He said, but when you said somebody's being healed of C3, he said, I felt a pop in my neck, and all of a sudden, all the pain left. And we had three other people, three other people came down and were healed of C3. Another time, I was in Restoration Church in uh, Eustace, Texas, Shepherd's Church there. And I'm preaching there, and I, I had a... I don't know if it was a vision or a word, but I just, I just said, oh, I just heard God say this, or I just saw this, that when you were a teenager, there's somebody here, when you were a teenager, you were in a car accident in a light, you, using a light-colored pickup. You know, God likes to get specific sometimes. And I said, oh, you had a severe back injury. It's plagued you all of your life. But God is healing you right now. If that's you, come down. There's three people came down. And I remember this one lady there. Uh, I started praying for each one of them, and they were all healed. They could, they could make some movements. And uh, this one lady, she says, I had them all bend over and touch her toes, which one of them says she's never done that. I don't know if it was he or she, but hadn't done it in all their lifetime. Couldn't bend over in the waist. And this, this other lady, she said, oh, don't ask me to touch my toes because I can't. And I said, if you're healed, you can. And I said, touch your toes. She didn't, she didn't have time to think. She bent over and touched her toes, and she began to weep. All three healed by a word from God. 
We were in, oh, last time we were in Africa, I was invited to preach in, oh, Faith Evangelistic Center there in Nairobi, oh, Kenya. Very large church. Uh, I think I think it seats 7,000, but I know it seats at least 5,000. Probably one of the most beautiful churches I've ever been in my life. They've got big screens, oh, three times this big all around the building. they got a balcony. It's not like a usual back, uh, usual. African church you preach in is full of wealth. The parking lot's full of Mercedes and Rolls Maseratis. Uh, it's in a very wealthy neighborhood called uh, Quran. And uh, the, in fact, the vice, we, we sat right next to the vice president and his wife there in that service that day. When they come to church, they're not very casual. I mean, I, I'm preaching like this and I feel so underdressed. Every man has a suit or sport coat on. Every woman has a dress on. Very, very affluent church. And um, on the way to church that morning, I had a vision. I don't have, my wife has a lot of vision sometimes, time. And it's always connected to a word of knowledge. And so I had this vision that morning going to church. And I saw, just like I'm seeing Pastor Robert just sitting down there, I saw this lady. I saw what she looked like, who she looked like. I saw she had a royal blue and white dress, mostly white with a big pattern. It wasn't flowers. It's just kind of a, I don't know what you call it, kind of a graphic scenes all over it, just royal blue. I saw the dress. And so I preached the message that morning. And I mean, I was a little bit nervous, <laughs> giving this word here. And I went, went back up. When I, when I saw the lady, said, God said, I'm healing her today of cancer. And so I get to this time of my message there. I said, well, I got to do this first. I said, there's someone here. I described a dress. I didn't describe it in detail. I just saw a royal blue dress with a lot of white on it. And I said, God is healing you of cancer. And so I waited. I waited. <laughs> no response. And uh, all of a sudden, I looked to my left. Here, com here comes this lady. Exact dress on. Exact dress I saw. And so I said, oh, do you have cancer in your body? She says, yes, I have uterine cancer. I said, God's healed you already. And I, got, I just kind of spoke to her a little bit and gave a word to her. And I looked over and there was two other ladies there. Guess what color dresses they were wearing? Royal blue and white. But they weren't the dresses I saw in the vision. So I go to this one lady there and I said, oh, do you have cancer? She says, yes, I have uterine cancer. I said, God's healed you in Jesus' name. Of course, you couldn't see the manifestation. And the next lady I went to, I remember her dress was mostly white, but had, oh, uh, like, I don't want to say plaid, but stripes going up each way, making little squares. They were royal blue. And I said, do you have cancer? She says, yes, I do. I said, where? And she took my hand and put it on her shoulder, she said, I have a tumor. It was about the size of a grapefruit. And I said, in Jesus' name, as soon as I said that, that, that thing just sunk down. That's just the word of God. See, um, I, I thought about this later on. Here's how extravagant God is. Now, I don't know this woman. I, I don't know if I even got her name that morning. And, um, uh, but can you, I imagine 
that she had a closet full of dresses. I know my wife, you know, sometimes my wife knows what she's going to wear the night before. I don't. <laughs> and, but I imagine that, can you imagine this lady going there? Well, wonder what I ought to wear today. And God said, that dress there. That dress there. See, she, this all began because she, I responded to the Word of God. She responded to the Word of God. God would go the extravagant. These three words of knowledge came from God. Therefore, they were empowered to pro- perform miracles. Things that have, get a hold of this, things that have been disrupted by the enemy can be changed and brought back to order by the Word of God. Let me give you an example. Remember when Jesus saw this woman has all been over? He didn't know who she was, but he recognized her as a daughter of Abraham. I don't know why he recognized her as a daughter of Abraham, except he was Jesus, or by the Spirit of God. But, I mean, she wasn't Abraham's daughter because she'd been, been way too old. But she was a daughter of the covenant. In other words, she was an uh, Israelite. And she's all been over. And so Jesus asked the question, or he, he, he speaks to her. He says, woman, thou art loose in this infirmity. Thou art loosed. And we know that she was immediately healed from this, this thing right there. And you, you read on there, and he said, oh, I asked her, why did you do that? He said, shouldn't someone that Satan has bound not be loosed? Amen? See, who bound her? Satan. He, he crippled her. That's where the infirmity comes from. That's where every sickness has its root. Every disease has its root through Satan. Because Jesus sent his word to heal and deliver you, not destroy you. So if you're here today and you have a situation in your life, whether it be a, a spiritual situation, a financial, maybe a health deal, you need a word from God today. Amen? Because one word from God will change your life just like it changed those three ladies in Kenya, just like it changed those three people. I just, I just saw the word three. There was three in Restoration Church, three in Hillside Church, and three in Kenya all got healed in the same word. Amen? Because every word of God contains the power to produce a promise. But, on, but only you, say only me, can place a demand on that word. Remember how Mary, Mary heard from God? And the word she heard, she tried to rationalize it. She said, how can I get pregnant? I've never known a man. And actually, she, she knew a lot of men. But she didn't know a man like, like the Holy Spirit was telling her, intimately. So she tried to rationalize it, but as soon as she received it, here's what she said. Let it be unto me according to your word. What you said, let it happen to me. I'll receive, what, I'll receive your words. And as soon as she said that, she became immediately pregnant. Every word from God is empowered to produce if, is a big word, if the one receiving it responds according to it. See, a seed can lay dormant for many, many years. In fact, I, we've all heard the story about how they found cotton seed in Egyptian pyramids. And they've taken those seeds and planted them. And uh, those seeds produced another cotton plant. It's not that how long it's been dormant, but it's what happens to it. See, every seed has the potential and purpose of God 
if put under the right pressure, and I won't teach you how to put pressure on the word today. Amen? Only you, say only me, can exert the pressure through your faith. Through your faith. Now turn to Mark chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 3. Let me see how the Passion Translation. Proceeding there, it says that Jesus taught in parables to illustrate spiritual truths. Consider this. A farmer went out to sow seeds. In fact, you know, I don't do a lot of repeat sermons. You know, sometimes I'll preach a sermon here and I go somewhere else. I'll preach it somewhere else. But I try not to preach the same sermon in the same church every time. And I used to really <laughs> wear myself out. We first, we first built this church there. It seated about, I think, 425 people. And uh, all of a sudden, we filled up with 425 people. So we went to two services Saturday night and Sunday morning. And I'd always try to preach a different service on Saturday night and did Sunday morning. And then we, you know, we expanded the sanctuary where it seats like, uh, we've had 900 in here before, but it currently seats about 750. And we was running uh, close to 800 every Sunday morning, so we went to two services again. So I tried to preach two different messages, like to warm me out. And, but, you know, one thing, I'd, I'd always try to teach on some basic things. I'd always do a series on faith. I'd always do a series on, on finances. I'd always do a series on healing. But I'd always preach Mark 4 about the parable of sower. Because um, Jesus said, if you can get a hold of this this one parable here, it would unlock all the mysteries of the kingdom of God. In fact, everything that Jesus taught goes right back to this, this scripture here. Consider this, a farmer went out to sow seeds. As he cast his seeds, some of it fell along the beaten path, and soon the birds came and ate it. Other seeds fell on the gravel with no topsoil, and seeds quickly sprouted since the soil had no depth. But when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell among the thorns, so that when the seeds sprouted, so did the thorns, crowding out the young plants, so they could produce no grain. But some of the seeds fell on a good, rich ground that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as it's planted. If you understand this, you need to re respond. Afterwards, Jesus and his disciples and, and those close to him remained behind to ask Jesus about his parables. He said to them, the privilege of intimately knowing the mystery of God's kingdom realm has granted you, but not to others when everything is real in parables. Then he said to them, if you don't understand this parable here, how will you understand any parable? Let me explain. The farmer sows the word as a seed. And what falls on the beaten path, or some translation of King James says the wayside, Path, it represents those who hear the word, but immediately Satan comes and appears and snatches the word from their hearts. The seed sown among the, some says rocky ground, this says, passage says, on gravel, represents those who hear, hear the word and receive it joyfully, but because their hearts fail to seek deep root into the word, they don't endure for a long time. For when trouble comes or persecution on the mount, on what? On account of the word. They immediately fall away, wilt and fall away. And the seed sown among thorns represents those who hear the word, but they allow the cares of this life 
and the seduction of wealth and the desire for other things crowd out and choke the word so it produces nothing. But a seed, here's what we want right here. But a seed sown on good soil represents those who open their hearts to receive the word and their lives bear good fruit. And some yield a harvest of 30, 60, 70, even 100 times more than was sown. We, we see you reading these scriptures here that the word of God is a seed that creates and produces the promise. Did y'all get that part? The word is a seed. And who's a sower? God is a sower. But you also are a sower. Thirdly, you are the ground which puts pressure on the seed. Same seed was sown, but we had four different results. Only you can put pressure on the, other, on the seed. Others can't do that for you. See, I, I can believe with you. I can pray with you. I can pray for you. But it's going to take your faith to put pressure on it. I know there's times when the gift of faith operates where you don't have to have any faith. You just get healed. I've seen that happen. I've seen, I, I prayed for people where I didn't have faith. The first person I prayed uh, that was healed from total blindness, I was in, in Oklahoma preaching a camp meeting one time. And this lady came down there, and she had a young man by her side. And I looked at her face there, and she had no joy upon it. And I didn't know her situation. And she said, oh, I said, how can I pray for you? And she says, I've gone totally blind. The doctor says there's nothing can be done. And I said, oh, do you believe God can heal you? And she said, yes. And I thought, maybe she can, but I can't. <laughs> Because I didn't see any faith in her. And it, it, I didn't have any faith for it either, really. But I prayed for her, and guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. Not like a little blind boy in Uganda got healed immediately. He was born blind from birth. Nothing happened to her. Several days later, I got a call from the pastor. He said, you met that lady you prayed for that was blind? I said, yeah. He said, you know, she has 20-20 vision now. And see, I don't, I don't know if she's in faith, but I know I wasn't in faith. But I know one thing, the gift of faith was working there. The word went out. I, I said, you're healed in Jesus' name. Only you can put pressure on the faith, on the seed, on the word of God. Okay, we see there are four types of ground, and you will fit into one of these categories. Everyone, you, you'll fit in here somewhere. And you, you just got to be honest with yourself. I, I can't tell you what category you're in. I may think I know what, what, what ground you're in, but I, I don't really know where you are. But only you can know where you are. The first is, remember they said they were sown on the wayside. See, they went on the wayside. These are the ones that hear the word but never heard the word. Let me kind of explain that to you. Go to Mark chapter 4, 24. Jesus said to them, be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. For as long as you do, more understanding will be given to you. And according to the depth of your longing to understand, much more, get all that, according to the depth of your longing, according to how much you want the word working, according to the depth of your longing to understand, much more will be added to you. 
Do you remember where Jesus in teaching the parables, he said, the meek shall inherit the earth? See, our minds, sometimes we interpret meek as being weak. Someone's quiet as a mouse, say meek is a mouse. Well, I did, a, I did a word study on that meek one time, and it means teachable. Those that are teachable will what? Inherit this, this earth right here. It takes a teachable spirit. You, you, can hear the, you can hear the word and hear I know faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, but you have to appropriate what you hear. You got to embrace and put pressure on what you hear. You, it can go in one ear and out of the other. I, I, I remember hearing Pastor A during the, the conference where he said this. He said, you know, he was starting out when his church very began with 228 people and saw it to grow to 800. And he knows a lot of people are still here in this church. And he said, I see some of y'all, you're in the same store you were when I was here 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You haven't changed. I, I, I'm sure Pastor Travis sees the same thing. He sees you come in Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and he doesn't see the word working in your life because you don't change. You're the same, you're the same place spiritually you were 10 years ago. You're the same place financially worse than you were 10 years ago. Your health is worse than it was 10 years ago when everything ought to be getting better because you're hearing the word, but you're not putting pressure on the word. Hearing the word. Let's go back to that one again. If you read the Bible like a book, I mean, no show of hands, but how many, how many of you read the Bible on a daily basis? Well, here's one, two, three, four, <laughs> getting more. But, you know, you can read it like a book. I remember when I, when, I, when I first got saved, I didn't have a Bible. I wanted a Bible. It'll be a natural thing for you to want a Bible. Why? Because it's the Word of God. So I bought me a Bible. I started reading the Bible, but I was reading it like a book. And that, that, that kind of gets... Um, Boring, especially if you're in Leviticus or Numbers, something like that. It's, you know, it's not the most exciting book if you read it through your natural eyes. It, you can't read the Bible like a book. But when I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'll put a plug in for that. There's something happened as I read the Word of God because the Word of God became light to me. It became real to me. It's it a change. I, I can't explain it, but it happened. Some things you can't explain what happened. But I know that I went from just reading the book, Bible like a book to all of a sudden, man, I am hearing from God. God is speaking through me through these words. I see truth here. I got revelation here, things that I didn't understand. Now I can understand why. Because my mind's been illuminated by what? The Word of God. If you read the Bible like a book, it will always be a book to you. But if you read it as the voice of God speaking to you, then these words will eventually produce in your word, your life. The second one, you heard the word, embraced it for a time, but never maintained it. Now, I know some of y'all fit in that category. It says some of it was sown on rocky ground. It took root, but it withered and died. Let me show you some things. It says in one translation, because... They have no root in themselves. The word in me will work in me. But the word in me will not work in you. But the word in me will encourage the word in you if you let it. See, you, you, got, you got to root it down. You got to root it down. See, pressure, it says that they, there's two reasons that it withered and died. 
It was meant to be. It had an empowerment to, to produce a great harvest because it had no root. So you got to get that word root down deep inside of you. One thing it says that, that due to pressure, we give up the word. How do we put, how do we put pressure against the word? Well, you get prayed for and say, well, it's not working. I tithe and I, I'm no better off than I was yesterday. See, we, we allow things, pressure from the enemy to steal that word from you. The other one is persecution. Persecution. Has, what's persecution is? Others tell you the word's not working. I remember when, when I, I got saved, I started tithing. And I was making, I, I suppose I couldn't pay attention. I mean, I had nothing. But I began to sow, see, because I got revelation about finances. You sold it to receive. And so I began to tithe and to give. I remember my dad, who was an unbeliever most of his life. In fact, we led him to the Lord on his deathbed. He used to get so mad at me. He said, said Ty, you can't afford to give to the church. The church don't need no money. They got lots of money. You're the ones that's broke. They'll be given to you. And I, I said, no, the word of God says to bring all my tithes, the t first 10% of my increase, to bring my offerings also to the house of God. There's a principle there behind about giving tithing. If, you, if, you, if you'll do it, it'll work for you. I promise you why. Because it, it's empowered by the word of God. Giving it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God is able to bring increase to what you give. But it's your response to the words. You got to put pressure on that word. So they'll begin to tell you it's not working. I remember when, when um, Luann told me she couldn't get pregnant. We said, no, the word of God says, uh, by the word of God is, your womb is open. You're healed. You can have children. She got a rainbow word from God one night. It's a scripture she had meditated on and read, and all of a sudden it became revelation to her. It got inside of her, and she got pregnant with the word first. Get a hold of me. She got pregnant by the word before she got pregnant with kids. And we know you know the story. She went through three miscarriages before we had Brooke. And we had we had pastors tell us, oh, you know, we're connected to the orphanage. We can get you a child. But she said, I want a child from my womb, not somebody else's womb. I believe God can do that. We had family and friends, don't put yourself through all that heartache again. Just adopt a kid or just, just go on with life without kids. It's okay. Not everybody's meant to have kids. You know, even Christians will come to you and try to talk the word out of you. Did you know, I, I saw this share, so I told Luann, you know, you know the first scenario about the song by the wayside, what happened to the word? It says immediately Satan came and stole the word. But the next two we're talking about, next two scenarios, the rocky ground and those sown among the thorns, he didn't steal the word. They allowed him to steal the word. They allowed him to steal the word because they weren't rooted. They weren't grounded in the word. And pressure and persecution allowed the word to go. The third one, you heard the word but you allowed other things, you allowed other things to be priority. 
I see some people that get so excited by the Word of God, and I love it when I begin to see the Word of God work in people's lives. See, when the Word is working, you don't have to ask anybody what's working. You can see it in their fruits. They got peace. They got healed. They got, they, 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 they're doing good financially. I can give you testimony after testimony that people I know that I saw begin to apply the, the principles of tithing and, and uh, become wealthy. I can give you some good examples. I'm thinking of a couple right now that, that we know in Florida there, the first time we met them, uh, they was living in a rent house, no furniture in it. But they started getting into the Word of God and meditating on the Word of God and begin to apply the Word of God in their lives and everything they did. You know, today the guy's a multimillionaire. A multimillionaire. We know what, seven, eight years, Luann? About eight years. The first thing he did, he, he just happened to see a piece of property on tax rolls that's for sale, owned by a guy in the U.K. He buys it for the dead on it. Turns out it's worth $2.5 million. Accident? No. He put pressure on the Word. He began to tithe. He began to put pressure on the Word. God, I, I brought all my tithes to the store. He has now rebuked the devourer. He's flipped houses, made fortunes. The other day, or last year, we oh, time we was there, they took us to their ranch. They bought a ranch, North Orlando. Land's high in Florida. I can't imagine, well, he bought 640 acres. We, it's not a ranch in Texas, but oh, it's a ranch in Florida. He bought 640 acres there. Owns it. Lives in a multi-million dollar house. He's got three companies now. Three companies by applying the Word of God. You can see the Word working. But I see people, I see them get in the Word of God and begins to work, and all of a sudden, man, they're doing good, they're prospering. I had a friend that went through this over and over and over, just like a roller coaster. He'd do good and then he'd go bad, up and down, up and down, up and down. And he'd get back in the Word. Every time he get back in the Word, guess what happened? The Word began to work in his life. But there were times that he just got caught up in all of his success, and all, he dropped back Zero again. The fourth one is, you heard and received the word. It's working mightily in your life and producing the manifested presence and promises of God in your life. You heard it, but you received it. And now that word is working and producing and manifesting miracles and, and promises and presence of God in your life. I'm going to close with seven things. This is a miracle. Getting done this quick. Seven things. In order to be good ground where the word produces your life, you must do all the following. I, I could add this list, but I won't keep it to seven. The first is you must determine in your heart and mind this is the uncompromised word of God. It doesn't change. You can analyze it, try to figure it out, try to chronologically put it in today's time. It, it ain't going to work. You got to realize that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God says, heaven and earth may fall away, but my words will never fall away. He said, I am the Lord God in Malachi. I do not change. So if he, he can't change, his word can't change. God cannot lie. But you, if the word's going to work, you got to determine this is the uncompromised word of God. I may not understand it. I may not understand healing. I may not understand the giving principle. I may not understand this, but I know it. God said it. That settles it. This is the Word of God. 
You can't analyze it. You can't critique it. You can't try to adapt it to, your, to today's society. You got to just say, this is what God says. I don't know how many times in our life that we just said the final answer is God, but God, but God. I, I don't care what it is, how bad it is, how it looks, how it feels, how it tastes, but the Word of God. God is faithful. Amen. The second one is, if all you had, hold up your Bible. If that's all you had in life, I, I mean, nothing else you had. I, I, I remember several years ago, we had Rod Pars in our church here. And this place was packed. We had over 900 people here. 900 in this sanctuary. And Rod was, you know, Rod, is, he, he, he likes to have skits as he preaches. If you were here, you remember, uh, he called and told me, uh, uh, talked to Sue, actually said, here's what I need. I, I need all these things. And one of them was a pup tent. Put a pup tent right over in the corner. And his message was, and we'll forget it, was if you survive the rapture, means you're in the tribulation. Amen? All the Christians are gone. You're still here on earth. If you survive the rapture, some, some things you better have in your tent right here. And one of them, he had, he had some water. In fact, he had a 50 caliber war eagle pull that thing out. But the main thing he says you better have, I think it's his last point, you better have a B-I-B-L-E because it's the Word of God. You know, I had a friend one time, right before I got saved, he he went to, he, he built horse trailers, and, and good, good friend of mine. Guy was radical for the devil, and he got more radical for Jesus. And right after he got saved, you know, uh, Germany was still on a continent. The wall was still up. And Russia was still, was still his communist country. But he heard about pastors in Russia didn't have Bibles. So he had this deal, I'm going to get them Bibles. So he bought a bunch of Bibles. I, I remember I was at a rodeo, and I was sitting on the back of the bucket, and she was saying, Someone said, you know where Charlie Farley is? And I said, I don't give a where he is. Hadn't got saved yet. He said, he's in Russia. Took some Bibles to Russia. I thought, yeah, he gave a dollar for him. Here's trying to sell him for 10 over there. I know him. I know who he is. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know people did stuff like that, give Bibles away. But he risked everything to get into Russia there. And he got into Russia in these underground churches. Oh, they don't have billboards. They don't have advertisement on TV. Uh, where, where church is, they just show up because the Holy Ghost says, you know, we're having church tonight at Pastor Robert's house. Everybody shows up at Pastor Robert's house. He gets over the Bibles. He, he, he takes 50 Bibles, put in Moscow, and every pastor's Bible he can find a Bible. Because the Word of God in those places like that is, I know it's the most powerful thing. And so he said that he, people came to church with brown pair bags and they had labels tore off of canned goods, and on those labels they had scriptures. That was their Bible. If you saw the book of Eli with Denzel Washington, a lot of spiritual truth. I won't go back and re-see it again. Oh, is that proper to re-see it? <laughs> I won't see it again. Because it's about the book. And the, this world was catastrophic. It was like World War III hit and everything's destroyed. Nothing's alive except a few people there. And he, he's after the book. Don't call it the Bible. 
because he says, who has the book has the power. So they were killing people for the book. Is the word of God. When you get then, it was the word of God. What I'm saying today, if you don't have anything else except the clothes on your back and your B-I-B-L-E, then you can have anything you need. You can have anything you need. You can get healed. You can get delivered. You can get financial prosper. And John 15, 7 says this. Jesus said, if my words, come on, if my words, the B-I-B-L-E, things I've spoken here in this B-I-B-L-E, if my words abide in you. See, the first one we talked about, the words didn't abide. They just, birds come and got it. The devil came and got it. The second one dried up. Third one, the bushes, the weeds all choked the word out. But it said, if my words abide in you and you abide in me, you will ask what you desire and I will give it to you. See, that's all you need in life is your Bible. You can fight every devil in hell with a Bible. Third one is, it's preaching good now. Come on. To, <laughs> to receive the word means that you wholly embrace and accept it as absolute truth in your life. Did you hear what I said? To receive the word. See, if I'm going to receive something, if Pastor Rob's going to give me something, he's down there, he's going to have to come up here. I got to go down there to receive it. It's not going to get from here to there without an exchange. And that's what, when you hear the word of God, it's an exchange. Here's what God says about you. Here's what God says about your situation. It's an exchange of my words into your life. You got to receive it. You got to embrace it and completely and wholly believe it as what absolute truth. We try to walk on how we feel, what we see, what we hear. Come on. We walk by faith, not by sight. I don't care how I feel. If you were here from camp meet, I, I came in shipping cattle on a Wednesday night with 104-degree temperature with the emergency room found I had pneumonia. I was here Thursday night. I preached on Friday night. I preached on Friday afternoon. I was here Saturday morning. I didn't feel like coming to church. But I've learned this. The Bible says, by his stripes, I was healed. Not getting healed. I, I, I may be in a process right now. I may have symptoms, but I am the healed. I am the redeemed. I tell my body what it can do, what it can have. It doesn't tell me. I rule my body. I have authority on my body. You've got to accept this truth. Fourth, every word has the power to produce what it says. Every word. Every word is like a seed. If it says heal, it has a, the power to produce healing. See what I'm saying? Fifth, you must make the word priority in your life. If you want to be good ground, if you want to be, receive the full harvest, you must make the word priority in your life. You need to, you got to meditate in day and night until it becomes your mindset. See, you, you know that God wants to speak to you prophetically sometimes, and he'll often speak to you through the word that you've stored up in, in your heart. 
You got to have it inside. You got to memorize the word. You got to know the word. You know where to find the word. Do I, do I have all the word memorized? No. Do I, I read the Bible 24 days, 24 hours a day? No, I don't. I meditate in the word. I heard him ask, oh, I can't think of the guy's name that went around the world several times carrying a cross. Was it Arthur Blessed? I remember hearing him interview him on TBN. He carries this huge wooden cross. I mean, he's been through all the Amazon jungle, everywhere around the world, many, many times. Preaching the gospel. And uh, uh, Jan Crouch asked me on TV one time, said, uh, Arthur, how do you study the Bible? He said, well, I, I just keep it pretty simple. He said, I'll just get a scripture like, for God so loved the world. And I'll just meditate on that and meditate on you know, That word meditate is similar to what a, how a cow chews her cud. You know, she'll get a bout of grass there and she'll chew it, chew it. They don't have upper teeth, so they'll chew it. Swallow it, goes right down here in the first stomach there, and it began to, um, and pretty soon as you go, block, and it belts you back up, and she'll chew it some more, and chew it some more, and swallow it again, and belts you back. That's what meditating is. You just keep meditating on the Word, until all of a sudden you get revelation of it. I remember that's what happened to me in John 14, 12. I, I began to meditate on, Jesus said, these works I do, I will do also. These works I do, you will do also. These works I do, you do also. Wow. See, revelation came. See, it takes an impartation. The word is alive. And when you that, when it's imparted into you, and all of a sudden light goes off, I receive that. See, that, that's what got me, we started the financial blessings coming in our life. I began to meditate on those financial scriptures until they became a part of me. It became so real. There was more real than the situation I was in. I was meditating on it day and night. It becomes your mindset. See, we come to this kingdom, uh, out of the kingdom of darkness with all these mindsets. And we convey it all of a sudden in the kingdom of light, but our minds hadn't been renewed. It's got to be renewed by how? By the word of God. See, you're where you are today because the mindsets you had about church, about God, about the goodness of God, about the healing of God, about the, the blessings of God. You came to this mindset, well, God doesn't bless those that only help themselves. No, that's not true. God blesses covenant people. You got to change your mindsets. And you do that by making the word priority in life. Number six, you must be obedient to the word in order for the word to work in your life. You must be obedient for the word. See, the reason the word's not working you because you don't have authority over your life. God's told you to quit doing this, quit doing that, quit hanging around them, start doing this, start doing that. Cry about you. Well, Pastor, I'm going to start tithing when my ship comes in. Well, honey, you can stand there all day long, but your ship ain't coming until you start tithing. Come on. You got to be able to breathe the Word of God. You must be obedient to the Word of God for the Word. And seventh, Lastly is, your confession of the word must be consistent. It must be consistent. I see so many people fail in this. Let me, let me just give you a little kind of thrown in rabbit trail here. Remember when Jesus said, oh, if you will speak of that mountain, be thou removed, that mountain be cast in the sea. Remember that? And we, I remember in the 80s, we had the big confession deal. You confess it to possess it. 
I've had people say to me, I, I'm confessing I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm confessing God's given me a new Cadillac. I'm confessing God's given me this, give me that. But you know what I found out most of the time that didn't happen? Well, they was making confession. Mark 11, 23, 24 says this. Let me just read it to you. Verse 22 says, have faith in God. Read that in the Greek, it says, have the faith of God. Did you know you can have the faith of God? Why? Because you're created in accordance likeness. You can have faith. Don't tell me, oh, pastor, I don't have no faith. You got faith. You used to have developed it because you've never pressed in the Word of God. See, when you get in the Word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Faith will develop in your, your life. Have faith in God for sure that I say to ever says I remember back in those days, we always had to circle says in our Bibles. Who says this mountain be about removed and be cast to sea, but not, does not doubt in his heart. But watch this. But believes those things he says will be done. Believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. What if you believe what you say? Now look back at that again. Your confession of the word must be consistent. You can. I, I, I remember a lady. She bless her heart. She says all the time, "How you doing? I am blessed, fortunate, healed, happy, and prosperous." Well, I saw she was happy, but she wasn't prosperous. She wasn't healed, but she confessed that over and over and over and over and over. And I'm not trying to judge her, but I, I think she looked at her situation. She says, "I'm happy." because of the Word of God. But I'm not prosperous because I, I don't see it happening. I'm confessing it, but I, it's, not a, it's not a formula. you got to believe what you say. Do you believe what you say because you put priority on the Word of God it's become so part of you it oversees everything else in life. You may have cancer in your body. Don't deny that you have cancer. I've, I've heard people say, how are you? I, I knew they was eating up with cancer. How are you? I'm healed and delivered. I have no cancer in my body. Yes, you do. That's a lie. God's not going to honor your lie. You don't have to tell everybody I got cancer. Jesus, or Abraham, he called those things be not, not, they're not to be. So what do you say? I may have cancer, but I am the healed. Cancer has no legal right in my body. The Word of God says, by his stripes I am healed. Psalm 1720 says, he sent his word to heal me. See, that's not a lie. You, you just confess the word of God, which is truth. So watch what you confess. Well, it's tied and don't work. Well, you don't you killed your confession. I've heard people say, you know, I, I'm debt free. God's money's coming in. And you know they're in debt. <laughs> And no, nothing's coming in because they don't believe what they're saying. 
That's not a formula. You got to get it so deep inside of you that it becomes absolute truth to you. God said, if I bring all my tithes, God will rebuke the devourer. God will not allow my fruit to be cast forth before it's time. We say these things. Amen? Amen. Let me give you. Gabe, would you get this for me? I don't know how to turn it off. Can you turn it off? <laughs> oh. You know, getting saved is so easy. You know, getting saved not, is not just eternal life. That's good. That, that, that's a great asset of it. But the word saved, sozo, is salvation is, is a lot more than that. It means health, deliverance, prosperity. That's what happens. You get saved. You get into the kingdom of God. And all that is part of you. Your, your healing's part of you. Your prosperity is part of you. Everything's part of you. But it says, how do we get saved? It says the word is nigh, it's close to you. How's it close to you? It says, if you believe in your heart, if you believe in your heart, watch how powerful the words come to are, and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ, Son of God, was raised from the dead. It's that confession that brings forth the salvation. That's why we give an altar call. But what about people that just say it but go to hell? It happens. I'm sure it happens because they didn't believe what they said. They didn't trust. See, when I say Jesus came to my life and changed my life, I'm a sinner. I need you to change my life today. See, when I, I had that need of a, a, a Savior, and I call upon that need and confess it, all of a sudden, there's a supernatural thing happens on the inside. That word begins to grow inside me and change my life. Was I, when I woke up June the 23rd, 1972, was I completely different? Well, but I was a lot changed. <laughs> For some reason or another, I didn't want to go to the bars anymore. For some reason or another, I didn't want to cuss anymore. For some reason, I didn't want to hang out with people I was hanging out with anymore. Something changed. And some reason or another, I couldn't understand, but I wanted to go to church next Sunday. They didn't want to go to church. Something happened. Why? Because the Word became alive inside of me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. And now I have the Word, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, living inside of me. Why? Because I believed in my heart one day. I mean, I trusted God. I can't change my life, but you can change me. I trust you to change me. I don't care how you change me. Just get me out of this mess. God did it. What a miracle. Let me just ask you today. Would you like to make him Lord of your life today, make him Savior of your life? Would you like to invite him in today? Just say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I pray in your name, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for sending Jesus to die for all my sins to heal my body, to give me another chance in life. Thank you, Father God. Father, I'm a sinner. Forgive me my sins. I don't want to be judged. I want to be forgiven. I want to stand before you one day. And God said, I know you. 
I know you as my child. God changed my life today. Save me today in Jesus' name. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.